This is like in my, my second year. Okay. I, I had a, a gay friend ask me out and I felt flattered, but I turned him down. My response was, I'm sorry, I'm not gay. Oh, but he could smell it. <laughs> you were both on rollerblades at the time. <laughs> oh, we were totally on rollerblades. <laughs> he asked me out on rollerblades. <laughs> Matching outfits yeah, exactly. and all. That's right. <laughs> I'm Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where I report that a 2023 Gallup poll reveals that 74% of queer people knew all of the words to Donna Summer's Bad Girls before their eighth birthday, because how else were they going to perform it off book at their party? Beep, beep, toot, toot. That's right. Every episode, I invite a fantastic 2SLGBTQIA plus guest to point that finger of blame at who and or what made them queer. We're back. That's my dog shaking his little collar. I'm actually dog sitting. It's not my dog. Listen, I tried to stop doing this podcast, but I kept reading news coverage of right wing wing nuts wondering aloud if uh, their children were being groomed into queerdom. And I sat there on my chaise longue and I thought, Oh, no. For the past three seasons and 50 sex episodes, did I stutter? What what in the Amy Coney Barrett is wrong with you people? Yes, yes, that's what we've all been saying. Ah, it's frustrating. So anyway, I slammed down my tall glass of gently flavored seltzer water and announced to an empty basement apartment, one more trip around the Yeti, Mike. And here we are, orbiting it like the world's uh, laziest, baldest moon. We are starting season four with a bang of a double feature. And I hope you love it. I hope you missed me. I sure missed you in a special way that involved me not having to do more work. So this is a compromise, uh, but but I missed you nonetheless. And that's why I'm not a parent. But my guests today are Michael Chen and Chris Jacko, who play gay dads on YTV's The Popularity Papers. Yes, yes, The Popularity Papers, based on the hit series written by Amy Ignato, a beloved series of books that you may have in your child's bookcase or in your bookcase, because uh, you can't say young adult without adult, right? I'm not here to judge. I read all the Harry Potter books before The Trouble. Anyway, who are these people? You know them. Michael Chan has appeared on Star Trek Discovery, The Hardy Boys. Woof, I say to that, Hardy Boys. They've always had a special place in my heart, although I was a bit more of a Nancy Drew girl. The Kids in the Hall and many other TV shows. He's also the co-host of the Hellbound podcast, where he and Alex Blackburn discuss all things horror. I'm already terrified. And then we've got sweet Chris Jacko, who you know from TV Slasher, Going the Distance, and Eureka, now exclamation point, because it's implied. Hey, 
Hey, fun fact. Did you know that when the Popularity Papers premiered in April of 2023 on YTV, it drew the biggest audience for a show on the network since April 2020? And it was the number one ranked program with kids 2 to 11 among all kids specialty for the day. Yeah, that's right. How do you rank with kids 2 to 11, huh? You can catch new episodes of Popularity Papers on YTV this fall and catch up on all of the episodes now on Stack TV. Another fun fact, did you also know that the Popularity Papers is listed by the American Literary Association as a frequently challenged book? Which means not that the book is challenging, well, I guess to some people, but it means people are completely and constantly losing their minds over the fact that this book series is considered children's literature. Why? Because one of the protagonists has two gay dads. That's all. That's it. What's wrong with you? You're raising legal complaints about this? Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have too much free time on your hands? Why don't you go start an Etsy shop like everyone else instead of challenging this beautiful piece of children's, children's literature? Kids 2 to 11 love it. But I'm in the way. I'm the problem because you're here for my guests, as always. And as I said earlier, we've got some heavy-handed grooming to do. So please enjoy the series premiere of season four with my delightful little gay dad guests, Michael Chan and Christopher Jacko. So how are you lovely, smiling people? I'm doing good. A little bit exhausted from the parent life, but otherwise, yeah. I'm great. How old are your kids? I have a five-year-old and a one-year-old. Oh, those are decidedly different life phases. Yes. Yes, they are. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yourself, Chris? How am I doing? Uh, I'm tired, not because of kids, just because of, like, pride. I mean, you know. It's exhausting being so proud all the time, right? It is. (laughs) It's really tiring. Um, It's mentally, physically, spiritually is a very... You know, it's always this time of year. I feel like us gays, we build up to this time of year, you know? Yeah. We start working out really hard at about March (laughs) and uh, stop, you know, stop eating by April and get those rollerblades back out for June. That's right. Right? Rollerblades, really the fastest and easiest way to come out is just to rollerblade through your town. No one else rollerblades but queer people. Uh, and you're right, we do need to work out to carry those very heavy flags, uh, which is, you know, government mandated that we do throughout all of Pride Month. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. My, my flags... Well, yeah, through half the year, really. Yeah, actually, Michael's Michael's really queen in the flag here. Oh, I am. <laughs> I don't know if you ever noticed this with Pride, but it seems like I never see rollerblades on the street, really, ever. I mean, I'm I'm not like a much of a boardwalk person. Okay. But on Pride, oh my God, everybody <laughs> has rollerblades and a thong. <laughs> and you can tell that they've only ever really actually gotten on those rollerblades yeah. one time a year. 100%. And it's, I'll tell you what, it looks easy, but it's not so easy. It, it's not. Mm. It's hard to look cute terrible. on a set of rollerblades. And so, so let's be honest, by the end of Pride, like these guys are like ripped up, like they've fallen on cement so many times and like <laughs> right. their little cute, their little cute man purse that was just sort of like slinging over is now like just sort of hanging yeah. into four pieces. They have no identification. They don't know where they are. And 
you know, a typical pride. Well, you know, next rollerblading is fine, but you need to be wearing the helmet, the elbow pads, the knee pads, safety first. It's not as cute, but it's, you know, it's what's required. But is that cute? Is that a cute look? Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Do you want to be safe or do you want to be cute? It's pride. It's cute over safety. Look, it's, it's, you have to, you have to be confident with all the gear and, and, you know, have it all match and, you know, color coordinated and that way it's uh it's super cute right I, I did that when i was a kid i disagree it's it's it's, it's sacrifice for uh standing out from all the other gays on the street that day <laughs> well i think this is the perfect segue and i'm gonna seize it uh for the sense of expediency you're right it's uh it's conflicting do we choose the safe path? Do we choose the exciting path? These are questions mm-hmm. that laid before us mm-hmm. as young, impressionable, malleably brained children growing up whenever we mm-hmm. were growing up, when we mm-hmm. thought we were choosing our own path. But in fact, there were powers that be, the forces uh, beyond us that were manipulating our minds to make us queer. And that's why I've called you here today, you wonderful people, Michael and Chris now as adults with a platform to point the finger of blame who and or what (laughs) both of you made you queer michael would you like to go first oh wow me first okay i mean you knew this question was coming in my defense michael oh i know (laughs) yeah i i I just wanted chris oh i know you've been thinking about it come on i i'm I'm kind of the sub, but anyways. Um, Do you want me to go first? Mine's very no. short. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Uh, no, it's good. My, my, my no, it's just, it's complicated. Um, I didn't actually know what queer, uh, what homosexual, what any of that meant until I was, I was 18. Um, my childhood was, was, was different. Uh, born and raised in Toronto, but I was sick most of my childhood. I was born with almost no immune system. So I spent most of my life at home in bed sick. And it's not like my parents are gonna, you know, teach me about sexuality and all that (laughs) when they're worrying about me dying. Um, And then once, you know, my my immune system kicked in um, and started strengthening up, uh, you know, I went to school and I had a lot of uh, other, other, issues I had to um, deal with that uh, made my life difficult. So it's it's never something I thought about. It was not, and it wasn't part of the sexual uh, education um, courses or anything. So sure. I only kind of learned about everything. It's not, I mean, not to say it wasn't there in my periphery. It's like, you know, I, I know I've seen, you know, men together, women together, in the world i just I never registered never questioned it never thought about it yeah so when did the light bulb go off okay please take us to university uh, i go to uft frosh week first day we have a little handbook about uh life on campus and there is a section like and i i'm i was a keener a huge yeah. nerd i i read the whole thing front to back. <laughs> the only yeah. person who has ever done that yes yes i i <laughs> yes, i was <laughs> Wait, you're supposed to read those things? (laughs) Truly. I think like the whole middle (laughs) section is just like filler. They just copy and paste it from like Wikipedia articles because no one reads it. It's just a padded out. Yeah. I mean, Wikipedia didn't even exist back (laughs) This is fair. <laughs> but no, I, I read the whole thing and 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 I got to the section uh about things that I was uh acquainted with, like racism, 
mm. right? Discrimination and and resources. And there was a section for the LGBTQ community. And I read it and I was like, that's when, you know, things started really clicking. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And now the things I've seen growing up start to kind of come together. And, so so hang but, on a minute. What was mm -hmm. in cuz I'm imagining like the driest copy. What was in this section that like I don't know spoke to you? Do you remember anything? Not words. It's more it's more like I they were included in the section about discrimination, right? right. And for me that, you know, like having faced racism mm -hmm. um and and still do. It was interesting for me that there was a group there on its own and there are resources for them mm. and i was like it made me want to learn mm. it made me want to understand what they went through second day of frosh week uh so i lived in residence and my residence had an unfortunate history um with with homophobia and mm. that led to a very very tragic incident so we got a whole talking to by our dean and that was brought up and it that kind of added to my, you know, understanding and, and, and curiosity. And, and so, so I sought things out. I started looking things up, understanding history, understanding mm. what the community was. Uh, I, I met a lot of queer individuals and, in, and, in, you know, in, in my year in Frosh Week and then later on, uh, you know, in other years. And that kind of started my journey into at least understanding that. Now, when it comes to me, that's a whole other story because I didn't know, I didn't understand what I was because um, I never had to think about it. But there was one incident that really, to this day, I, I still think about it, was one of my gay friends um, asked me out. This is like in my, my second year. Okay. I, I had a, a gay friend ask me out and I felt flattered, but I turned him down. My response was, I'm sorry, I'm not gay. Oh. But he could smell it. <laughs> you were both on rollerblades at the time. <laughs> oh, we were totally on rollerblades. <laughs> he asked me out on rollerblades. <laughs> Matching outfits exactly. and all. That's right. <laughs> Coming up next year. You're like, I that's know. redundant, but yeah. fine. Um, so, so that hurt me. I, I know it hurt him, but rejecting him hurt me, and I didn't understand why. There was something inside of me instinctually that wasn't happy with what I did and what mm. I said. And it, it, I was unhappy and I was sad to hurt him, but there was something in me that was going, no, no, no. And it's only years later that I understood that as regret, massive uh. amounts of regret mm. because I liked him. Oh, okay. Mm. And that started like me processing me rejecting him and what I said to him and how that all played out. And, and it stuck with me for a very long time. So I, I, it took a lot to process made me understand that despite being stuck in bed, being sick, being all these things growing up, not having my parents talk to me about this community, not nothing. Like it's never in my head. It's not like it wasn't there inside me this whole time because growing up, I always had a feeling of, for lack of a better word, it's unease. There are things that I would look, there were people that I would look at that 
I didn't understand what I was feeling here because I had nothing. I didn't have the vocabulary. I didn't have the understanding to really process that feeling. Mm -hmm. Once I understood, I, I was like, oh my God, I, you know, I'm queer from day one. I, I think it's actually kind of beautiful that that handbook, like I was being silly, but the fact that there was like something was named and there was like a space or like a conversation created around, you know, LGBTQIA plus mm -hmm. people or whatever, like just that acknowledgement. And like you said, the talk about homophobia and just people acknowledging these people exist. They may even be listening to this conversation right now. And uh, we're going to, we have their backs. And that, you know, yeah. started to build a, a, a situation where you could be who you were. Yeah. And but yeah. And, and so in the end, I did, I did, you know, figure out I'm, I'm, uh, bisexual and is that person who asked you out now your partner i wanted him to walk no. into the room okay <laughs> it's <No>. me <laughs> no okay. i i i met... on rollerblades that's <laughs> right so dangerous take them off in the house just, just sort of rollerblading in the background <laughs> totally the person i would have showed up on roller skates no, oh, <laughs> no. i mean uh, yeah no um i i'm i i uh i have a wife and mm -hmm. uh, I met her slightly before I figured myself out. Mm -hmm. But I don't think understanding my sexuality would have made a difference because she is the love of my life. Mm. And, you know, it's not about, you know, our, our gender. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not about that at all. Uh, for me, it's the person. Mm -hmm. You know, if she was a man, I would still fall in love with him. Yeah, but I sometimes wonder, without understanding myself, how I guess how much I missed experiencing and and yeah, you know, um, what kind of what could I have done with that? You know, if I when I was younger, I know, right? I think it's something queer folks grieve for a little bit, depending on when they kind of figure. I I think all people grieve for it in different ways when they come into themselves, if they do. But for sure, mm -hmm. queer folks, it's like, oh, if I just been like my rip roaring self as a kiddo, who knows what else would have happened. So to put a finer point on that, I think you're blaming university handbooks and I support this. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you made me queer. We'll be right back. And now back to more. You made me queer. Let's go over to Chris now. So, Chris, what do you want to throw under the bus? Uh, look, I mean, the, the connotation is that this is like something that I that I'm angry at. Like, it's like something. Is it <laughs> is it is it something that like? Because I love being a gay dude now. Uh, maybe not my whole life, but I will tell you the moment that, to my earliest recollection, very young, probably mm. about maybe eight or nine, 10, maybe, um, that something changed in me that I knew that not a lot of the other kids around me were picking up on. Okay. And that is Gaston oh, from Beauty oh. and the Beast. Listen, I got to tell you. Okay, you go ahead. Because uh, I, I feel like we all have some relationship to Gaston some way when every latin of me is covered in hair yeah. and he like rips his shirt off. And like, I just, I think I just sort of like 
I was just thrown back. Like I could have just like my, my whole little nine-year-old was just thrown to the other side of the room. And I was like, what is this? Oh yeah. I will tell you that Gaston is a bit of an all-star and you made me queer. <laughs> Gets a lot of attention. And certainly it's funny because like that, the character in itself is a send up sort of of hyper masculinity as mm-hmm. a, a sort of like a negative point of him. And it's something that's mocked with that being said, uh, he still does wear it pretty well. <laughs> yeah, and like his relationship with LeFou, I mean... Come, come on, on, come on, boys. There's so much, there's so many layers going on there. You know, when they did, the, when they did, like I just saw The Little Mermaid, the, the live action. Yes. When they did the live action, I think there was something implied there. Uh, uh, I think that there was, because remember it being, cut, it being cut out from the movie in certain countries because there was an insinuation that LeFou and Gaston had a history, let's yes. say it, or let's call it, you know what I mean? Something like that. I, that, I remember that. Well, there was in the live action and quite, quite uh, widely mocked, but I remember in the Disney press release, they were like, the first exclusively gay moment in a Disney film or something, because LeFou like winks at a man or something, and they were like, mm-hmm. the activism worked, everyone. <laughs> we put it in the movie. Um, yeah. But yes, I think LeFou for sure. LeFou is the one who helped bring Gaston out of the closet in my mythology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the minute I heard like a tangle of musical theater coming through <laughs> a speaker, I was sure. like, okay, like I think we're well, I think to collect uh, the puzzle right now. Yeah, then Beauty and the Beast is a two for one, right? Because it's Gaston. Well, and because you get the musical. It's yeah. a musical. Yeah, 100%. Did you, yeah. now I'm curious, this first Beauty and the Beast watching experience as an eight, nine, 10 year old, was this a solo viewing? Were you amongst family, and then suddenly you were like, had this uh, revolutionary moment that you, that, you know, you had to hide in that moment, or what happened? Oh, I mean, I think, I think for, for that specifically, I think it was more sort of a visceral moment. I think, mm. it, I, I think it maybe could have been in a theater or in a room with a whole bunch of other kids, and and everything would have sort of uh, quieted out. And it mm-hmm. would have just been me and Gaston. That's right. That's right. Making a connection in slow motion. Yeah. yeah. But I do remember going into like some of the harder stuff. I remember being at somebody's house. I was like, I was probably a, a little older, like 11 or 10. And uh, Truth or Dare Madonna documentary was playing. Whoa. And. I didn't know what was happening to me until I, I think like the mother of the friend that I was over sort of like pointed it out in a really sort of negative and homophobic way. But I started to mimic the voguing. Yes. Like yes. as a kid, I just started to thump it up, it up, it up. And I, and I, you know, you, well, you, I mean, you've, everybody's seen Truth or Dare, right? I mean, it's like such a classic. Do you know what? I will say I saw it for the first time like two years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, somehow I missed it. You. We grew up very Catholic, so I was not allowed to, like right. Madonna was banned from our home. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, this tracks. I see why this is extremely, extremely popular. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you were Vogan. So I was just, I was just like in the basement, just like flipping my wrists around. Yeah. And imitating the the dancers, and not in not in any way sort of because you know when you were you were young enough that you you knew you were different, but you didn't know it was wrong yet. Yes. You didn't really feel pressure of homophobia settle in on you until puberty starts to hit. Everyone's calling you the f word, or you're a girl, or you know what I mean. And then and then that coming into it too. I mean, I think you know something 
I went through, uh, because we sort of grew up in such a homophobic era mm -hmm. that I thought it was a gender thing. I thought that maybe I was supposed to be a girl and I, I, I absolutely uh, stand for and with trans rights, but yeah, I thought yeah. that that's what I was because it, I couldn't equate the, the shame of being gay. And I too grew up in a Catholic house, so I couldn't, I couldn't equate it. So I had to have been wrong in terms of gender. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean, and I'm so happy for this generation that they have so much language and so much representation to sort of like figure out what's going on because we really had, you know, like kind of like two flavors as children and it was like you were gay or lesbian and that was kind of it. Like even mm -hmm. bisexual, they were like, you're probably straight or you're probably gay and you're just like you haven't worked through it yet it was not nuanced at all um mm -mm. and to you know to michael's point too i think thinking about who we could have been or would have been when you think about that first moment that parent who was like stop voguing on the carpet in the basement like if that person mm -hmm. gets cut out of the story and you just keep voguing I'd, you know, on the one hand, we can uh, we can be sad for that kid, but on the other hand, it's like it's we we all got here, we all made it to the other end. You've got a picture of an avocado on your wall, so you're obviously very queer. I do. I do. <laughs> well, that's so gay. I mean, there are so many gay connotations there, I mean, buddy. Truly, um, but you know, I will say, Trevor, that like I think the like dealing with the the unnecessary trauma yeah. that that kids like us had to go through has reframed the way I am as an adult, um, not just politically, but just morally, that I, I do want to make it a, a mission of my life to create a different world so that unnecessary PTSD doesn't happen to uh, another generation of kids, that they can grow up and thump it up it on their flight flail their <laughs> wrists around on rollerblades all day yes, long. Yes, yes, call back. And 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 not have it be like, oh my god, here's a guy, you're gonna get kid, but have it be celebrated. Like have it be like Right. As just oh. like this is a thing you like and that's fine, and we don't need to gender it or yeah. label it or Oh my god, my son I think my son is gay. Isn't that exciting? Like, right. you know what I mean? Like what a different journey it's gonna be than the journey that I, I you know because as a parent you're generally heterosexual so you just you have a gay kid and you go like i don't know i don't know that right there's so, so many yeah. yeah there's a a lot of tools that are missing or and that's one of the reasons you know that your show it's so great to have a show like that on tv because you see mm -hmm. you know if you can't get that exposure in a house or where you live or in the country you live in you can find now this media that is available worldwide and experience these stories and see different examples of who you might grow up to be. And that is such a beautiful thing to put out in the world. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I think it, it would have been nice if the world allowed for a family show like ours to have existed in the past. Yeah. You know, like when I was growing up, because because it would have been would have been good to see that and have a better understanding. And like for me, at least our show is important also because you have a a a gay Asian dad. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. in, in a you know, a lot of Asian households, um, homosexuality isn't isn't something that is openly talked about or or even accepted at times. And I think it's it's nice if 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 Asians kids can watch our show and then see 
my character Alex and go, oh, yeah, that's what yeah. my future could be. This there's something that I can become. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that. I love that so much. I also love the way you were sneaking in a plug there, and you're gonna get the chance to do that very soon. But our time is ticking, and so before I let you go full plug, very quickly, lightning round style, would you like to play a game? Woohoo! Yes, jigsaw. That's the oh, not quite a, the family program. Okay, so I love the enthusiasm. This game is called Queer Queerer Queerist. It's very simple. I'm going to give you three things. Your job is to put them in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why. Because there are two of you, the way we're going to do this is just think in your head, and then I'm going to get you both to go at the same time, and we'll see how the results compare. Sound good? One being most queer, three being least queer? So, uh, so queer is the least, queerer is number two, queerist is the number oh, one okay. superlative. Yeah. And, you know, right, you're right. theatrical people. We're going to start from least queer and work away to the top. Great, great. Okay. okay, here we go. Thing number one, that ubiquitous voice from 90s film trailers, like that that droning smiley white guy who was like <laughs> two children on their first that that kind of thing mm. that's thing number one ubiquitous uh 90s male two guys lose their car <laughs> <laughs> that's right what happens next <laughs> thing number two <clears throat> pigeon coos you know that sound they're in your eaves trough that weird sort okay, of like yeah. throat gurgle <laughs> pigeon coo yes that's very good Available for voiceover work. Thank you. Thing number three, I'm not going to say the brand name because we're not sponsored by that that small circular cheese wrapped in red wax that you peel the wax <laughs> off of. Baby bells. Or yes, no, no, you it. said sorry. it. Sorry. You, sorry. Yeah, sorry. It's, no, it's sorry. fine. I didn't say it. That cheese. Like my kid's okay. favorite. <laughs> that cheese. So you have very little time to figure this out. Here we go. Least square to most square. Ubiquitous 90s male trailer voice. Pigeon coos. That cheese. Tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. Least square. 90s, 90s uh, movie right. talk. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Dude, where's yeah. my car? Ah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Who is he? Were there more of him and they just all do the same voice or is it one guy? Well, that's a, it's a very typical thing. There's a there's a movie called there's a really good movie about it called uh, From Another World. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of this. Right. And and it's all. Yeah, there's yeah. Like the movie phone guy and there's but in the 90s, there was a guy. And if you were a, a, a voice actor. Everybody had to sound like him. I know. And it was just kind of like a bit of a surfer, but like kind of approachable. Queerer. What's number two? The cheese. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say Baby baby Bell, I feel, is very straight in a way. There's something very yeah, like... I get it. Something very like, you know, Jessica Rabbit about Baby Bell. But there's also something for adults a little sensual. Oh, okay, number one. Number one, what's Queerist? Coos. Coos. And <laughs> I think no explanation needed. So you sweet mm. dreams go straight to the plugs. What do you want to plug? We want to plug our show, Popularity Papers. You can watch it on YTV. You can watch it uh, streaming on Stack TV. Um, it is a fantastic show. It is diverse. It is something that we wish we had growing up. We want to keep making these shows because they're important. I know when people say like, oh, it's for the whole family. It really actually is. There's jokes that we work in there right for the, uh, you know, 
elders, I should call them. Not adults, <laughs> How dare elders. you? Um, <laughs> sometimes those kids are a lot older than we are mentally, maturity yeah. <laughs> um, wise, at least for me. It is such a great show. And, and let's just keep making more shows like this. Yes, 100% folks. I mean, l listen, maybe you, you watch this, you watch a bit of that, whatever, and you don't think it has an impact, but this is what gives these shows life beyond a first season and things like that. These numbers really matter. So, uh, and also it's, it's fantastic. And listen to these two dream boats. Yeah. You get just more of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Uh, we, 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 we gay it up, people. <laughs> we, you know, Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have right. some scenes that are were too gay for me, and I mean that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's really really push you out of your comfort really, zone. Um, remember the remember those overalls, Michael? That we oh have this God, scene yes. where we we have these like sort of tie dye overalls that are, you know <laughs> just the, and I just was like at the I was like oh my God this is the gayest thing I've ever done in my life and it's wonderful I love it. Yeah, I took I took them home. I took mine home. I, well, I was going to say, you're <laughs> like, I don't know what happened to them. I don't know where they went. I'm so sorry. Cut to your Instagram. They're just all over it. Yep. Yeah, that's my pride outfit. Rollerblading around. And, <laughs> and those tie-dyed overalls. Yeah. Um, Give me a good idea talk <laughs> yes i love that i love that so much and god plus ytv really bring in their a game since you know i was a little kid um but yes definitely go watch that of course we'll have the information in the show notes and on social media and i want to thank both of you chris and michael very much because when this conversation started i was very queer and talking to both of you has made me truly queerer than ever Oh, well, thank oh, you. Thank, thank you, you, Trevor. Uh, and thank you for this very important and wonderful show that you do. Um, I love it. I listen to it. And, and, you're, and you're great. And thanks for having us on. Oh, my gosh. The pleasure is mine. And uh, and you're right. You know, someone's got to be the angry one and cast blame. And I'm willing to do it on behalf of our community. <laughs> my pleasure. So happy pride, both of you. Wear those knee pads. Be safe. Take care. Happy pride. Bye bye. Happy pride. Queer, queer, queer. Queer, 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 queer. Woo! Okay, we are back, and that is our show. You know what? Once I got back on the horse, I uh, I realized I did miss it. This is where I belong, in a basement, talking to you. Did you miss me? As always, you can email me at youmademequeer at gmail.com. Uh, anything, anything at all you want. How did you spend, or are you spending, your summer vacation? Amy Coney Barrett. Tell me everything. Who'd you kiss? Please rate, review, and subscribe to this show. We're an old horse in the game now, and we need your new activity to bump us up in that little algorithm, so we'll be highly favored. Um, although, thanks, shout out to Apple Podcasts for featuring the show in their Pride lineup. That was very much appreciated and uh, gives me a little bit more in the tank to keep coughing into your headphones. Okay, cue credits. You Made Me Queer is created and produced by me, Trevor Campbell. Our editor is Sean Van Beaton. Our theme song is by Critty. For more of her music, check out lavenderbrucers.bandcamp.com, won't ya? Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at You Made Me Queer. We're not on TikTok, so don't try and look for me. New episodes of You Made Me Queer come out every Thursday. That's right, we're weekly again, baby. And from the bottom of my big bent heart, thank you for listening to four seasons of this trash. Until next time, remember, we're here, we're queer, and it's your fault. <laughs>